Welcome. Hello to the podcast. Welcome. We're and minions. Well, again, minions and our, our guest, Bob. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me as your guest today. I'm really excited. Hey, we're all here. So let's get started. Yes, we have a lot of important news. We've um, we've had our um, our minions party, as advertised in the last uh, last episode. Do you guys want to want to talk about everything that went down at that party? I mean, Bob. I know uh, well, he... mainly nobody showed up, but <laughs> we had a lot of salad. So you really missed out on the banana salad. Yeah, I remember there was that time you were talking to me about how to defer my taxes, Bob. That was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Really fun party. Lots of lots of carried interest uh, to be had around. Um, so if you missed it, that's on you. But we got to eat all the bananas, so... You know, fuck y'all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were asking ourselves why no one showed up to our party, but... We thought it know. might have been because we released the episode the day after the party, but that that's not it. Couldn't be. I mean, we told you to email us to get an invitation to our party, and none of you did. So... check their emails anyway that's that (laughs) nothing to do about that now um i'm Stuart. this is kevin and uh my name is bob so today we have a bonus episode for y'all to discuss the new minions movie i don't know if y'all knew there's a new minions movie we saw it. Yeah, we saw it. It's called Minions 2022. 2022? Minions 2022. Yeah. The Rise of Gru. Mm-hmm. It rhymes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some people call it The Rise of Gru, but those who are in the know, and now it's Minions 2022. It's a... It's kind of insider jargon, but yeah, it's just a little, little tip for you. If you're a minion head, maybe you know about that already. Um, let's say, uh, let's talk about the, the rise of Gru. So, um, you know, some people, I heard about people going in costume to this movie. Um we also, you know, we went in costume as well, but it was different, different costumes. I was wearing my um, sequined Akash Bagash um, assless suspenders. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm. And it was quite the sight. <laughs> quite the sight. I mean, I, the way those... I could really see them through my googly eyed goggles. I just wore a cowboy hat and was naked otherwise, but people were confused because 
I'm a minion, and so they thought that, like, I was wearing a minion costume, but really, I'm just a minion, so, you know, fuck off. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. When everybody was staring at me. (laughs) It's pretty fucked up that in 2022, people would stare at a minion just trying to go to the movie theater just to see Minions 2022, you know? Yeah, like if I can't be accepted, if I'm not belonging there, then where where can I go? Yeah, it's so good to have a podcast where we can really vent about these kinds of things. Injustices. Sure is. Small injustices. And it's great to have sponsors like Akash Bagash to pr- provide the comfortable... <laughs> Well, provides such comfortable um, theater going where yeah um, well I guess we should start with the movie itself uh, do we have um, a preview or section we can read uh, to introduce the minute for today yeah let's let's give it a let's give it a whirl um Hang on. I mean, I have a a poem that I could read by Nietzsche. Yeah, that's ba- yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that sounds like a great trailer for this film. Let's let's pull that up. Yeah. Okay. The Beacon by Friedrich Nietzsche. Here, where an island grew between seas, a stone altar steeply piled up. Here, beneath blackened sky, Zarathustra lit his mountain fire. The beacon for mariners driven off course. The question mark for those who have answers. This flame, with a white-gray belly, flickers its greedy tongue into the cold beyond, bends its neck towards ever-purer heights. A raised serpent of impatience. This signal I placed before me. My soul is this flame, insatiable for new expanses, to blaze upward, upward in silent passion. Why did Zarathustra flee from animals and men? Why did he run away suddenly from all settled lands? Six solitudes he knew already, but the sea itself was not lonely enough for him. The island let him rise. On the mountain he became the flame, into a seventh solitude. Searching now, he casts a hook over his head. Lost mariners, wreckage of ancient stars, you seas of the future, unexplored sky. Now I cast my hook towards all solitary ones. Give an answer to the impatience of the flame. Catch me, fishermen on high mountains. My seventh ultimate solitude. I would see that. That (laughs) That was wonderful. Yeah. What a trailer. Thank you. So, So, um, Stuart, what did you think of Rise of Gru 2022? Oh, five bags of popcorn, five full bags of 
overflowing popcorn. Yeah, I, you know? I have to agree. Um, That's my idea. That was, especially the way you described it, it's just full five baps of popcorn and maybe like one little, um, one little like yellow Laffy Taffy that like fell between the seats of the theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got stuck Delicious. in got stuck in the window of my assless overalls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go with five um five big yellow buttery bags of popcorn mm-hmm. as well. And um and I'll throw in um <clears throat> one little um thing of whoppers just for fun because because this movie was a whopper nice yeah it was a um it was a real joy uh to to see rise of Gru. i mean i think we have a lot to talk about about this movie there's a host of new characters there's some old favorites you know like um Gru. um who, who rises well, in the movie? You know. <laughs> the old, maybe not favorites. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You could say old. that again. You could say that again. Um, Gru yeah. was not that important in this, though. I mean, he was just kind of an—he was kind of, I would say, just kind of a placeholder in between the vicious six and the triumphant efforts of the minions, really. The, the group part is not important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been basically anything. There, ho- holding the minions and the vicious six together. He reminded yeah. me, uh, like structurally, as the uh, the ass in Midsummer Night's Dream, where he's, <laughs> oh. he's there just to keep certain characters distracted while like the important characters resolve their tension. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, to me, I'd say even the um, there was this character who kind of rides rides around on a motorcycle with Otto. I would say he was a much more important character than Gru in this film. Mm. And he was only in the movie for a couple of minutes. So, yeah, I'd say it was cool as fuck. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was a much um, it's pretty poorly titled movie. I don't know. I think that that reflects the choice to choose a different director than Pierre Coffin. Yeah. They kind of they kind of went. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, Minions is first in the title, and Gru yeah. is the very last thing. Yeah, so. but it should have been. It should have been also last though. It should have been Minions, the, the rise of, of Minions. <laughs> minions, the rise of Minions. That would have been a cool title for the movie if Pierre Coffin, the auteur, had been retained. Yeah, as he should have been. Then probably it would have been titled Minions, the rise of Minions. <laughs> Minions, the rise of the minions. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Minions, rise of minions. <laughs> or just minions, colon, minions. That would have been yeah. cool. <laughs> that would have been a much... Even that would have been a better title. <laughs> minions 2022, colon, minions. <laughs> I think that... I mean... If Illumination Studios answered any of our letters, um, 
I mean, I understand why they wouldn't, because most of them contain threatening messages written on the outside on the envelopes. But if they'd answered any of our letters about rehiring Pierre Coffin or hiring us as the directors of the next Minions movie, um, it would have been a much better title. Anyway, well, we'll get into the weeds. Uh, speaking of uh, Minions, uh, colon Minions, we should talk about some of the new Minions. Um, we had oh, yeah. a brand new Minion that was introduced um just for this movie minute um and his name is otto and i believe Stuart, you had some things to say about him or was that kevin i forget he had braces mm-hmm. yeah um he was like a very um talkative minion he was one of the most talkative minions so far mm-hmm. and i think that that really I think as a minion linguist, that was probably extremely interesting for you, Bob, because it added just a lot more minion dialogue to the movie than minionese dialogue than mm-hmm. any of the previous films. I mean, there were some scenes where Otto was talking for 10, 15 seconds, just of untranslated minionese. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was a pretty rich interesting decision on the filmmakers part that they were trying to expose audiences to that much of a different culture a different language and just sort of letting it kind of be there untranslated but i thought maybe as a as a minion linguist you well that that's what was so interesting for me is because i felt like he was speaking some something else like english or something like i couldn't it was this weird dialect i never heard and I couldn't pick up on what he was saying either. I thought it might have been English or, or some other language that I just wasn't oh, you, comprehending. You don't, you don't know English? Mouth. No. I see. Oh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. We just, uh, just, especially coming out of a minion's mouth, you know. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... It surely was a bit different than the way the other minions talk. I mean, Otto's personality seems like uh, seems like he's a he's a bit of a nervous guy. I guess that's like his. I mean, all the minions, you know, they've got a little bit of a different quirk. Otto's is um, he's kind of an anxious minion. Um, you Over-controlled. know, controlled. Yeah, right. definitely an external sense of anxiety. Rather than like a over self awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something about the braces and the sort of nervous energy of Otto. Um, I can see why he would be an appealing, appealing new character just to to add to the to the minions triumvirate. Yeah, and I really felt like he was given the <clears throat> most to do. Um, like I know this this movie we're joking it's minions colon minions but really this should be auto colon minions because the <laughs> mm-hmm. three main minions us kind of were in the background the whole movie and Otto was really the one who saved the day the one who went on the journey the spiritual journey with the uncle motorcycle character the one who found the necklace retrieved it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ultimately um, helped the vicious six um, come into power um, so in, in some right. ways he was the protagonist of the whole film yeah, helped the vicious. Don't you mean he defeated the vicious six? 
Well, he had to help them first. That's how the minions defeat villains, by helping them. So he, he got the necklace for the Vicious Six. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't think of it like that. Like, just like in Minions 2015, they, uh, they, the Minions kind of led the Vicious Six into their own undoing at the end of the movie, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sort of. In part, at least. Yeah, they trapped them in the animal the, sphere form. Mm-hmm. So they could be, like, captured and contained mm-hmm. in the necklace. Yeah, Otto both lost and and found the necklace, which is, yeah, maybe that's part of the hero's journey, too. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, he, yeah, I mean, it was a very minion-like way to lose it, too. He just had no conception of the value of it and just traded it for a a rock. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I, I think that's interesting in some of our other, other discussions of, like, minions trying to seek out themselves and other inanimate objects so we've talked about it with bob and the teddy bear um Mm -hmm. and so for Otto, the rock because of its eyes more closely resembled minion and he projected minionness on it um and so he gave it an inherent higher value than something that humans might think of valuable like gold or jewelry it's a very natural uh, minion inclination (laughs) i never thought of it like that but you're right yeah Otto's, he has a kind of minion's um, eye for the for the um, the weird uncanny line between the animate and the inanimate pet rock. Uh, I feel like um, the the minions themselves had their own journey, though. That was it was um, nothing to sneeze at. They all learned martial arts. The three the three main minions. Mm-hmm. Um, from what was that character's name in Chinatown, um, San Francisco? Master Chow, I believe. It's something we've never seen in a Minions movie. Um, like the whole idea of like a an East Asian spiritual leader who like imparts wisdom and knowledge upon someone through martial arts. It's something we've never really seen before. Um, I really thought it worked really well. Like I could see it working in other. Um, other contexts or other movies. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it does stay true to the old, you know, triumvirate style minion spirit where they, you know, whereas Otto um, had a very, very specific mm-hmm. kind of purpose and journey throughout the whole movie. Um, the, the classic, the three of us, you know, still were just kind of wandering about and just happened upon this Kung Fu woman um, who just kind of decided that she should teach them, us, how to do Kung Fu. And I mean, the, the three of us, like, I, I guess we knew that we might be, that might be needed ultimately, but we didn't have like a really specific purpose for it Mm -hmm. it just was another moment of like you know being tossed around the world and uh taking things as they come in the end it worked out but it was spontaneous would you say that the you know we the minions actually learned kung fu or was it more of a variant of minion fu 
Like we, we took that knowledge and placed it in mm-hmm. ourselves, but then transformed and transfigured it into this new creation that no longer matched the original. Well, ultimately, yeah, like, it must be that because in the end, the minions, you know, like used the quote unquote Kung Fu training in order to like find the hidden powers of the animals that they had been transformed into. I don't think that's like typical Kung Fu technique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we certainly made it our own. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, there was actually. I think. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. Um, I was just gonna compliment us that I thought that we did it pretty well at the end of the movie. That we were, we learned it pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, there was actually a really um, interesting, I guess, subversion of kung fu or minion fu. Um, I know we talked about Stuart. Um, about how you had been transformed into a chicken and you you seem to in some way like obtain the power to like produce new minions mm-hmm. yeah that's a big thing like, what was that like like having so for context in the in the film um a Stuart bursts an egg and from that egg rises a like actual living mortal chicken minion um so first off what was the feeling like passing the egg through your body body? oh you can't imagine it was wonderful it felt so right but i can't imagine doing it again now that i'm out of the chicken form but um i mean it it that it seems clear to me that that baby chick minion was a demigod Mm. right Mm. because obviously the minions are a modern like olympian like greek style god or gods i don't know um And considering that minions are gods, and as we've said before, they seem to be immortal, um, unborn and undying from the evidence of Minions 2015, it's almost like Jesus Christ, I think, Mm -hmm. the way that um, I part of the god swarm became flesh in turning into a chicken bore an egg which is not possible for gods to you know unless they're changed into human form and and the egg hatched and presumably that minion chick grew up and had like a biological life and must have died before the the events of the Despicable Me series, because mm-hmm. we don't see that chick anymore. Um, so I think the chick was, um, you know, like Christ in that way, born of a god, taken 
fleshly form mm-hmm. and die. Yeah. Well, we don't. So we presume that um, that your your demigod chick's son died, um, but we don't know because we don't see it in future runs. But we don't know if maybe it will be back in future minion colon minion colon minion installments. Yeah, I would love to see a whole second prequel film of minions just just dedicated to the childhood and adolescence yeah. of the, the Christ chick and resurrection. It'd be really a, a new testament um, yeah. that we yeah. would really get behind. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that illumination if you're watching um my phone number is <laughs> give me a call Uh, the idea is not free yeah if you don't want to pay us for that idea please just erase that memory i mean uh anyway um maybe we should be maybe we can keep sending letters to illumination studios but be a little bit less threatening and a little bit more beseeching about this because i think this is a really good idea yeah we should shepherd it as responsibly as we can into the hands of illumination studios what do you think the name got something to what do you think the name of it would be minions 2024 um the hatching minute oh oh yeah that'd be good i was thinking that be like manimals or something like the minions would reprise their role of spirit animals mm-hmm. uh, or spirit avatars like spirit animal avatars and so everyone would be an animal and you could really you could have like a whole nativity scene with the chick um, <laughs> with like a, a donkey minion and a sheep minion and they could gather around to witness like the birth of minion chick that's amazing yeah i mean i don't i don't know any of the statistics but i imagine the minion animals were like are pretty popular among moviegoers they're those at least my favorite part of the movie was seeing a minion goat and a minion rabbit Mm -hmm. i can imagine some a new line of toys minion toys and a whole new set of minion memes just sort of spawning out of that so i wouldn't be surprised if we see some mini animal films coming up pretty soon i think we're onto something here and if we gotta get our hands on those statistics first of all yeah illumination is gatekeeping all of that info <laughs> but the people need to know give us the analysis illumination so since you were talking about um about the new testament um in this hypothetical movie, maybe should we talk about the, um, you know, what the canonicity of, of Minions 2022, mm-hmm. Rise of Minions? Is this, a, is this an approved text in our scriptures? Or is this, uh, is there any way in which it's heretical? Hmm. I mean, I've got to say that there was not that much i mean there were a lot of scenes that didn't have any minions in them which was a huge Mm -hmm. problem for the film 
the film really dragged um, in most of those scenes. There was a lot of like human dialogue and a lot of um, a lot of uh, Gru scenes that felt just kind of like play- lazy placeholder. It kind of felt like they didn't finish making the movie. Like they just had all this Gru stuff in there that just felt like it was like um, they were using that to kind of generate ideas for good scenes with minions, but. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have left it in the, the the finished product. They should have just gone ahead and, you know, come up with all the actual scenes with minions instead of leaving in these drafts with this weird Drew character or Drew, Gru, Gru, whatever his name is. Yeah. I think I think um, you know at once we we still have to finish going through the minutes, but I think we should really. Um, down the line, we could do this maybe on our Instagram or something. Um, come up with the minion cut that's just, just yeah. the, the important parts that we we would want. I mean, similar to, um, you know, what Catholicism did in 300 AD. You know, just find the best parts of the New Testament, keep them, and then just cut out all the crap um, and release that. And I th- I would recommend that as as it is now. Um, I, I would put definitely put at least an asterisk on it. Like, it's not, it's not all canon. Yeah, yeah. This is. Um, <clears throat> it needs to be edited to canon. Uh huh. Yeah, because it's it's apocrypha mixed all up in the the text right now. Mm-hmm. So just if you go and see it, be aware of that. Know that there's some confusion in the in the movie yeah like one thing that i was i was confused about is that in minions 2015 that's when they at the end of the movie they meet grew and they join him they join up with him but then in this movie there's a whole different story for how they joined up with grew that they came to his house and they were waiting outside in the rain or something like that do you guys notice the that kind of discrepancy? I mean, it seems like a serious difference. Yeah, I feel Bob. Didn't you have an explanation for that? I was kind of confused about that that sort of thing too. Yeah, yeah it's it's difficult to compare the two because um, the meeting of Gru at the end of you know the very canon Minions twenty fifteen is just the highlights. It's a montage, so we're we're not expecting to really see all of the detail so i i can see um without having been there myself to witness it i i can see how they do connect and that the minutes minions 2015 part um kind of glosses over some of the details and i think that the minions 2022 stuff um it's really getting into the the nitty-gritty like how the minions met how they were first refused by the father and then later accepted into the fold. Um, I, I think that part's perfectly fine in canon. Here, here. Yeah, the other thing is, um, you know, there's this these new characters, the Vicious Six, which which I thought maybe we should we talk about those those characters at all or is there anything worth 
worth saying about them. I just think Bob and I were thinking that they could have been named much better than Vicious Six. It's not even alliterative. Like we were just thinking Insidious Six or the Sinister Six. Fucking come on. How hard is that? Those just came off the top of my head earlier. I really like <laughs> and the, now I've got them. The Insidious them the Six. Yeah. Just now, but still off the top of my head a few hours ago. So, yeah. Now let's just, let's call them the, do y'all like Sinister or Insidious? I really like Insidious. Insidious. Yeah. The Insidious, Insidious Six. Six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, one thing that I thought about kind of the theme or a moral arc in this story was um, that there ended up being even though it's all villains and minions, still there was a clear distinction between the good guys and the bad guys in the end. And Hmm. I thought that the bad villains, the Insidious Six, were disrespectful of the sacred. They were disloyal, kind of fully disillusioned whereas the good villains minions and you know grew i guess uh and and wild knuckles because wild knuckles switched Mm -hmm. crucially they were their virtue in the end and what caused them to triumph was their uh loyalty and their upholding of um the sacred so like for one thing, the the first thing that they do, the Insidious Six, is they like travel to this um, sacred space and steal a sacred object. Right there, they defile the, the sacred and then immediately uh, like stab their friend in the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so desacralization and then disloyalty right right off the bat. So they're like villains without any kind of principle whatsoever. Um, no, and no cohesion. And, you know, Wild Knuckles, the one who's betrayed, ends up kind of grudgingly, but in the end really fully committing to kind of a protege in Gru, Mm -hmm. which is like sweet and sentimental. He wants to, he recognizes that his time is over, time to pass the torch. So he, he becomes loyal to Gru in the end because Gru, you know, also is loyal to him. Of course, the minions are very loyal. That's kind of what minion nature is, maybe, at the core. Loyalty, togetherness. Mm -hmm. Um, Another moment that I thought was really illustrative of desacralization was when that nun, who was probably the coolest of the Insidious Six, the nun 
changed into a snake, a serpent. Oh, yeah. That's really sacrilegious, right? Like the the nun becomes the, you know, Satan. It's very evocative of original sin. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which, was... you know, sin etymologically is without, being without God. Mm-hmm. And so again, this theme of the problem of like tearing tearing apart cohesion instead of pulling powers loyalties together. So do you think the the nature of Gru and then Wild Knuckles at the end being unifying figures with each other, is that what allows them to survive the like power and the um not really monkey paw but like dangerous deal with the minion if you make him deal with the minion as a villain you always have to worry about it biting you but they somehow seem to like survive and as we know in that spickle spickle me universe they stay around for 40 50 years together Mm. the ethic of commitment togetherness Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean, Gru always has to really, really deeply trust the minions to carry out his will. Like, Gru would be nothing without the minions. Mm -hmm. And he's totally dependent on them for putting his plans into action. So, yeah, the only way that he can... Like, you would imagine maybe another... uh, One of the Insidious Six, if they hooked up with the minions, they would uh, probably not trust the minions as readily because they're all fully self-contained they don't extend themselves out into the world through trust as much Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like i'm (laughs) i i i feel like i'm starting to praise grew a little bit and a little uncomfortable but i don't know maybe this movie has made me think a little differently it's kind of a seductive film in that way, though. That's why we'd caution against it for the truly uninitiated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think the other movies you can see and really easily discount Gru because the minions are so, you know, so attractive. But um, I think this by... Yeah, but okay. So, so Gru is just um, a figure that can like... Uh, assume the virtue of the minions it's yeah. not Gru that's doing it it's just that he's he's happens to let himself be open to the good of the minions right and you can really see that in the scene where he sleeps in bed with the minions um we don't yeah. really know what happened after that scene but we can imagine that he really let himself be open in some yeah. really important ways to the to the virtues of the minions is that where chick minion comes from <laughs> is that the seed that seed that sets it up for later <laughs> Stuart do you have anything to explain to us that is a really important question is... who was was the chick minion a fully divine birth or is it one of those things that's both human and divine like you know well no it was immaculate conception y'all 
Yeah. It was because. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't human at all. It was chicken slash minion. And it was just because, you know, I got turned into a chicken. I was still minion in my soul. And so those are the two parents was the chicken form and my normal minion form. Right. It was just me. It was just, just, uh, like, you know, how, uh, some gods bear, um, like, uh, like, Zeus right. Kronos bore Athena coming out. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like that. Yes. Um, it was just me, y'all. <laughs> now, was it asexual or was it um, auto self-sexual? Did yeah. different parts of your your being produce it, or was it just a single reflection of yourself? Uh, it was auto sexual. Okay. It's a good clarification. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just just from what I know about chickens, they do tend to produce eggs pretty pretty easily by themselves but they're mm-hmm. usually unfertilized eggs without a chick inside so you know it does raise a few questions but I we guess, don't have um, to get into that today you know? yeah we don't yeah i mean the fertility came from the magic of still being a minion within like i the the mating was between was already inside of me I, I was still a minion but also a chicken and so those two elements came together to make the viable offspring i see yeah um i guess we should we should really talk a little bit more about um since we're on the on the subject of you know gods and offspring i think we should talk a little bit more about um some allegories to greek mythology uh and i know kevin um, you wanted to bring up uh, particularly the relationship of minions to Apollo versus um, that of Dionysus. That's right. Yeah. Good transition. Great transition. You're such a really you're such a helpful guest, Bob. I mean, I've. It's sometimes we should have Bob on more <laughs> in the future. We should have Bob as a guest for more episodes. I think. Yeah. Beyond just this one. Yeah. It would be. It's really, it's really great. Um, Thank you. It's really great to be your guest today. <laughs> I was thinking um, the, I think that um, the, <laughs> I don't know if I am equipped to handle this, this transition as much as Stuart is. He was a little fresh. Yeah, I mean, I've got some notes, so. Yeah. I I read a whole book about it, The Birth of Tragedy by Nietzsche, and I wrote notes. I'm very prepared. Um, so, um, Apollo was the Greek god of the sun and generally associated with form intention, control, clear images, kind of being as opposed to becoming, Um, kind of duration of sensible and discrete structures. Whereas Dionysus was the 
thought of intoxication, wine. And he was associated more with like um, kind of feeling um, the becoming side of things where stability breaks down and things flow into each other. You know, pure matter as opposed to the form that matter takes. Um, collectivity as opposed to individuality. And so, yeah, we were wondering whether the minions are more Dionysian or more Apollonian. That was, that was Kevin's question. I thought it was very good. Um, and at first blush, it seems like there's a lot to recommend the Dionysian side of the minions. I think there are some very clear arguments for that. Do you, do you have any thoughts well, about that side of it? Yeah, I mean, my like sort of simple gloss, I guess, is that the Dionysian tends to be um, associated with this kind of these natural and sometimes sometimes irrational and destructive forces that circulate through mm-hmm. through nature. Um, and I, I guess I would say that minions tend towards destruction in some senses, as we've seen in the, ep- in the episode we, we did on evil, minions evil. Um, there's a kind of um, a veil or something over minions intentionality that makes it seem like a pretty irrational force sometimes. Like it's really hard to know what, what's driving them other than something, some very deep, deep kind of energy sort of pushing minions through, through, um, through the world that, you know, feels like it could just be the same kind of groundswell of energy that, would be, um, you know, in a kind of primal force like a hurricane or a earthquake or something like that. Minions are just sort of released upon upon Earth like these, um, like almost like a disaster for for the things they encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, as as on mass, I suppose, but um, I don't know. That's that's my first thought about minions and the and minions in the Dionysian nature of minions. Yeah, and I think I think we should clarify by like uh chaotic it's also can be like create or like constructive or creative chaos. So like yeah. uh, Apollonian um is more persistent um whereas the minions they're still creating in their own way um just through chaos. Just to clarify some of the moral um amb- ambiguities there. Yeah. I mean, there's the... My take... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, there's this... Um, there's a play by Euripides, the Bacchae, that's sort of about these Bacchan revel, revelers, the, the sort of... Dionysus travels to this town and basically possesses all of the local um, women. 
to to join him and become these sort of Bakken revelers and they all go to the outskirts of town or the wilderness and do these orgies out there and kill animals and stuff like that and they go they just go wild out there and um theseus i think is the name of the of the main character goes goes to sort of see what's up um he gets tricked by dionysus to go and see because his mom has joined the dionysian revelers and and um and he goes and then they see him he's like spying on them just to see how bad they are or something like that. And they see him as he's going out there and um, they get sort of possessed by a frenzy and they tear him apart limb by limb and eat him. Mm-hmm. These, these women possessed by Dionysus. And I, to me, I feel like that's a very, um, you know, it's kind of like the way I think of minions and villains feels, feels like a kind of modern take on this sort of Euripides play. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of the swarm yeah yeah so yeah i don't know it's very dynamic that's a good (laughs) yeah i i I would tend to agree partly um that they're a swarm they seem from some angles out of control i i wrote some notes watching the minions colon minions um they also i think someone said that directly that the minion in the movie that they somebody said that they were killing the mellow vibes which seems very dionysian very revelrous is that a word revelrous Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah uh also they just seem to be on the on the dionysian argument side they seemed they they generally seem to be very uh closely associated with like abandon and unconditional trust and even amor fati like that's dionysian Mm -hmm. um otto even though he seems in some largely i would say that he was an apollonian minion the most apollonian of all of them that we've known personally still he like fell just abjectly in love with that pet rock Mm -hmm. that's totally dionysian intoxication right there and he Um, went he went on that insanely intoxicated journey across the country on his tricycle mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah driven by like a wild spirit yeah yeah um they they also nietzsche associates the dionysian with the satyr chorus in greek tragedy and the minions were a literal chorus at the funeral at the end striking and lastly i noticed that at some points they evoked pity in order to gain power Mm-hmm. which seems again very um abandoned ab- abandoned you know they they very very passionate we could say that dionysian is passion whereas um apollonian is kind of 
controlled conscious action. And so there is a lot to recommend the minions as Dionysian, but I thought that there were other things that suggest they might be more Apollonian than you would think. So first, mainly, um, whereas we as humans tend to make very controlled, very autonomous decisions by ourselves individually, and then in aggregate, in crowds, we lose ourselves and get aimless and passionate. Like the classic image of the Dionysian revelers are like wild, uncontrolled, you know. There was no, I don't think there was a clear purpose for tearing Theseus apart. It was just kind of a reenactment of the original dismemberment of Zagreus, who was the original form of Dionysus, then got put back together by Zeus mm. and was mm. born out of Hera, I think, again, as, um, as Dionysus. So it's interesting, Dionysus is a dismembered and reassembled god. Mm -hmm. well. um, again, very minion-like, dismembered and reassembled as a crowd. But unlike humans who lose control in groups, the minions seem to have inscrutable wills and intentions individually, or like just like uh, contradictory and uncontrolled on their own, if we view one at a time. In the aggregate, they are the way in which villains accomplish their clear-cut goals. Mm -hmm. So it flips. Like, the Apollonian side of human nature is the Dionysian side of minion nature, and the Dionysian side of the human is the Apollonian side of minions, apparently. As a crowd, the minions become purposeful and coherent. As a crowd, they built the entire layer that they and grew work out of. They, you know, back in Minions 2015, the original text, they accomplished all kinds of massive, difficult things only by working together in a kind of stigmergic, like minion mind oriented way. Like the when the three of us made that TV room that we great, talked about great in times. an earlier episode. Yeah. Yeah. We gain control, we gain coherence, purpose as we amass ourselves. So, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking we, in a strange way, we accomplish Apollonian, you know, character. Yeah. I'd say that's that seems fairly accurate. And there's a sense in which also um, the true beautiful form of minions are... Um, 
minions en masse, like a, a crowd of minions. I feel like uh, if the Apollonian sort of artwork is a, is a kind of orderly, beautiful temple or something like that, I think that a crowd of minions is just, you know, kind of like the, the true peak of, you know, beautiful um, kind of structure or architecture. That, yeah. Yeah, like zoomed in, we're more chaotic. Zoomed out, we're more structured. Mm-hmm. And coherent. Come with you on that. I think that. that's one of the magical things about minions. It's what draws us to them. Huh. Power and power in numbers, and not an uncontrolled power, but rather a purposeful power. Mm. But back to the Dionysian thing. There's there's another. So, I was thinking that Zagreus slash Dionysus mm-hmm. represented the way that becoming individual or the dismemberment of like nature is agonizing and passionate, you know, like really um, the, the kind of sublime part of being separated into individualities. Whereas Apollo is like the kind of sober, um, controlled kind of joyous power of separating nature into individualities and subjects and particular wills. So that's another angle. Are they, are they more, are the minions more agonized in their individuality or are they more powerful from their individuality? I would say on first, like just first thinking of the question, they, they suffer when they're by themselves. And mm-hmm. the example we have in this film is the person or the minion who is by themselves most often is Otto. And mm-hmm. Otto is given the task of bringing the necklace back home, by themselves, suffers. And then Otto has to go on the quest, the tricycle quest across the U.S., and by themselves they suffer. Um, and actually, the and maybe this ties into what you're saying, the what ultimately saves Otto when they're lost in the desert is a full douche ex machina the uncle on the motorcycle in a lot of ways he's figuratively just a greek god um a direct allegory for a greek god who then comes in and saves um comes in and like saves Otto, and then brings him on a finishes his spiritual quest to bring the necklace to san francisco um i guess for my question for you guys because i'm less familiar on some of the foundation material do you think that the uncle motorcyclist is a douche ex machina of apollo or a douche ex machina of dionysus it's mm. a beautiful question well i mean he's a pretty dionysian douche if you have to add <laughs> If you, <laughs> I, I think the um, the this you know he's sort of intoxicated on this the power of his hog, mm-hmm. you know he's got his hog and he's just sort of out on the open road just feeling feeling 
the energy of that hog between him and the road and you know i'd say that that's a pretty dionysian mode to live your life in and yeah also the only reason it seemed like that he joined up with otto was whimsy he just was like okay little dude yeah let's do it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah he was just open to the to whatever the universe tossed in his path yeah the path of his on the other hand he was very cool and collected um so I, I just I just remembered this. Uh, it was a discussion that I had with uh, Stuart when we watched the the film. Um, so they're they're in like the southern like Arizona desert, uh, and he says uh, the uncle motorcyclist says to Otto, "I'm driving up to San Francisco." And then the next scene we see them driving south on the coastal highway. The right op- through the redwoods yeah yeah the opposite direction that they should have been going so in a way yeah that is a very dionysus move to say all right i'm going to take you to where we're going but we're just going to go in the complete opposite direction and end up there anyway <laughs> yeah it was definitely intentional by the um by the authors of minions 2022 yeah, I mean the French. The French are famous for their, you know, detailed understanding of American geography, and mm-hmm. so it seems. So they must have meant to do it like that. Yeah. If it were Pierre Coffin directing, I know he's pretty loosey goosey with that kind of stuff, so I I wouldn't have read it as quite as intentional. But you know, they probably just you know, they they traded in his style. You know, his stylistic and philosophical sort of chops for some of the, some boring, more accurate or so quote unquote accurate kind of, you know. Yeah. Well, they had right. to they had to do the crew stuff, too. And that requires yeah. that requires that they be logical and, um, you know, mm-hmm. more to the mm-hmm. point. So I can see why they made the decision. I wish. Yeah. I wish um, the original director, Pierre Rakoff, had just done the minion parts of the movie. And then we would have had, really had like some great material that we could make the minion cut from. Uh, you know, I think I believe that he did. I, I think I oh, believe okay. that, he, that he was involved in this, but you know, he's he, because of his reputation. I don't think they they did. They just maybe didn't credit him for that. But he is the minions. Yeah. the The thing about abandoning the philosophy side with you know making uh Pierre Coffin maybe take a back seat mm-hmm. it reminds me of a quote from the movie where they're I think uh starting to learn kung fu and the kung fu lady tries to teach them something deep and meaningful and they don't get it and I and she says something like oh Y'all are not ready for philosophy. Let's just train. <laughs> I thought that was fascinating. The minions are not ready for philosophy, only for action. Right. <laughs> but so back to the That is the a beautiful dine. Yeah. A beautiful like sort of window into minion 
That was a really resonant scene. I'd forgotten about it. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I think, honestly, if Dionysus is the man on the motorcycle, and as Nietzsche says, really, tragedy is where the Dionysian meets the Apollonian. It's not one or the other. It's kind of a an interplay between the two, or kind of a, a birth from the two sides of nature. Um, Otto, like we were saying, is a particularly Apollonian, very purposeful, mm. very logical, talkative, assertive minion. He was, he was on a very clear mission. He had something discreet to do. So in that pairing, we can, I think, see the Dionysian motorcycle god paired up with the Apollonian minion god Otto. Mm -hmm. Like, making the main thing happen. What, what needed to happen was because of their marriage on the road. So that's where the true, the, but, it, but, but um, it's interesting that, that in the Minion universe, the production of the combination of Apollonian and Dionysian actually produces comedy rather than tragedy. Mm -hmm. um, right. Cause it was, you know, that was sort of the beginning of the happy ending of Minions was mm. Otto by chance, you know, encountering a, encountering the thing he was looking for without even really having to look for it well I, could i'm it, not sure could it be that that so Go ahead. in in the greater context like ultimately the fact that Otto completes the journey and brings the necklace to san francisco is a tragedy because that's what empowers the vicious six mm. and, and then it's inverted later that that's their downfall but um i i think i think yeah his because you had Dionysus guiding Apollo and they actually completed something together. It was actually disastrous, at least in the mm -hmm. short term, for uh, both crew and the minions. And the, we should mention the city of San Francisco. Right. R.I.P. San Francisco. I mean, this was this was truly what, you know, people say. Ruined San Francisco, yeah. Ruined San Francisco. Yeah, it was the, this sort of sinister six or the insidious six their rampage um it it strikes me that in the end still though it was a comedy and it's because the minions cohered into a powerful purpose mm -hmm. by the end like they had learned kung fu they were committed to helping their dear grew um, and they pulled through in the end, like they, and, and what's fascinating is that it seems like that, that for this movie, the minions were the controlled ones, uh, mm -hmm. the, the ones that kept their enthusiasm packaged or like, you know, kept the level of their enthusiasm under control so that they could do what they need to do. Whereas 
the Insidious 6 and actually also Gru in this one had an over-enthusiasm that led to their kind of either foibles or their downfall in the case of the Insidious 6. They were too too eager, um, too much power, right? They, I guess it was hubris ultimately, right? Like they thought that these, um, these little minions couldn't possibly defeat them and the minions were ingenious and subtle in the end with their kind of sneaky animal powers, right? Like they tripped them up with their kind of careful uh, animal power manifestations in the end, right? Like they, they, one of them kind of zoomed around quickly and what, what, do y'all remember what exactly happened? The goat minion knocked into one of them. But these were like subtle, sneaky little tricks that they ended up being able to play, which is not the typical minion way. Like, Gru and the Insidious Six both were kind of out of control throughout this movie, too invested in their desires. Gru was the intoxicated one. At one point, he was, like, um, like totally taken by some music. Oh, right, no, I, I remember what... That was... The disco? Gru was captured by the, the disco uh, the and on that big spinning record he got all dizzy and he was clearly enjoying it like after he got released from the being tied to that record he was like uh in a pleasurable daze you could see it on his face he was intoxicated it was dionysian where while at the same time the minions at that moment were handling business so the villains in this case were the ones that were out of control, and the minions were the ones that were in control in this movie. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe that's just always how it is, though, and this this movie gave us a clearer sense of that than normal. Mm. The minions are always holding the reins. You know? In every minion villain relationship, I'd say that's a it's a pretty radical message that uh, this movie's trying to show us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just we're, that their their purpose is on a higher level, one that we can't always see. And we're right. kind of always just at their mercy, right? And we just have to surrender as much of ourselves as we can, and then just hope and pray that things go for the best. And Ultimately, that's what Gru does and lets him survive. And that's what Minionology is all about. It's about family. That's what Minionology is all about. I think we cracked it. Um, so, recommendation is to go see Rise of Gru. Um if you could, um, if there's a way that you can walk out during the group parts, we would really recommend that. Yeah. Uh, just maybe get a seat by the door so you can walk out, go get another vibe of popcorn, Laffy Taffy, something, and then you can come back for the minion parts. That would be ideal. Um, yeah, or you could just take a big bite of popcorn and crunch on it loudly so that you're 
neighbors can't quite hear the dialogue in those parts. Mm-hmm. That would be the most mouth open. Bring an air horn, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That'd parts. be the most ethical. Just a, a megaphone, a megaphone, so that you can crunch the popcorn into the <laughs> megaphone, and so it just sounds like natural popcorn crunching, but really loud. People won't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll we'll release a kind of um, the Jefferson Bible, if you will, of the. Um, of this movie yeah long-term goal we'll release that but before then for the people who want to go see it and you know cut out the group parts we're, we're we'll just make a schematic of the like times of the movie where the minions are featured and the times to go to the bathroom or crunch your popcorn loudly or whatever when who's there we'll just like make a list of of times a spreadsheet so that y'all can take that with you into the screening you know what to do when um so one other consideration um you know long-time listeners of the podcast know that the best way to watch minions is a minute at a time uh, would you recommend something that's this long i think it's like a full 60 65 minutes would you would you recommend that our audience watch something that's that long is it worth it That's a great question. I mean, I know for me, um, it was easier if I thought about it as like, you know, 60 individual minutes. Mm -hmm. It was like a, you know, a, a, it was like a lot of little minutes, little bit of chunks, but then with a kind of like autoplay feature between them, that was easier for me to Mm, kind of wrap my mind around that. I was like, okay, well, What's going to happen is like a cliffhanger at the end of each minute. And I was like, what's going to happen in the next minute? You know, it really it's had, a marathon. It was like binging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think of it like a binge, like a marathon and just make sure that you're ready to like retreat back into your mind from the end of one minute to the next. Like Kevin was saying and think, oh, what's going to happen next? Right. You got to be ready to think that very quickly. You have to stay hydrated too. Um, for those kinds of intense watching experiences. So, I'll also give you an excuse to go out of the theater for when Gru is on. You know, you got to pee. All right, and with that, <laughs> Kevin's back. Okay. Hi, Kevin. Kevin's back. Um. Awesome. Well, is there uh, anything else you guys think that we should discuss about the Minions? Uh, colon Minions 2022 Rise um, that we haven't? I think we really thoroughly um, it's probably the most thorough review of the movie that's been published anywhere so far. Mm-hmm. Um should. Yeah. yeah. One more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the minions have a butt in the front and the back. Yes, that was confirmed. Two butts. Yeah. Because in the airplane, when one of the minions gets pulled down into the toilet, his head goes into the toilet. You can see it's very obvious. His face is facing the camera. And there's a butt sticking up. Mm-hmm. Butt in front, <laughs> butt in back, 
no genitals, just butts. So that's all. Really, really fascinating. Yeah. And I forgot we didn't even mention the minion plane hijacking scene, but I guess we could save that for another time. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> and with that, um, call it a wrap. Double butts. Double butts. We'll see you next time. If you know, you know. Ciao. ジェネラルバナミクラソトリシティケバラパパルマトダラクダパナクタトダラクダパナクタトダラクダ Panacota, Panacrocade, Labirinho.